welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goal. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Charlie Wessel. He's the founder of Cordell Capital and has also founded and managed several successful companies in the Charleston, South Carolina area. He's been involved in multifamily commercial real estate in one aspect or another since 2006. And currently they own over 364 doors in the multifamily space, which amounts to about 23 million nine hundred fifty or $23,950,000 assets under management. So welcome to the show, Charlie. How are you doing today? Thank you. Doing good. Doing good. Sorry to get so specific. <laughs> no problem. I, it was, uh, I was trying to get a little bit through that. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it. We got, we got through it. <laughs> we, yeah, we got through it. We, we're good. <laughs> so Charlie, can you give us a little bit more about your background, what your focus on in, in, in real estate is, and how did you get started? Yeah, um, my background, I come from a general contracting background. I owned a general contracting firm for uh, years and I sold it in 2016 and knew that I wanted to get into some kind of real estate at that time. We had some single family houses and I knew I did not want to keep doing that. So that's what we, I went and had a meeting with a uh, commercial broker and he kind of steered me towards the multifamily space and uh he didn't even sell it like he, he doesn't sell that that asset class but he was like yeah if you want to go make some money and get some investors and do well go into this this class of asset so once you found out about once he introduced you to it like what did you do afterwards did you go ahead and buy your first property or you know start networking what were those next steps yeah i dove into the educational part of of it because what I don't know scares me and I need to make sure before I dive in with my money and with, especially with friends and family's money into that first deal that we all use. Yeah. I had to know the ins and out of commercial real estate. And I, you know, I mean, you still don't know everything. I mean, you know, it's been years and I still don't know everything, but we, uh, yeah, I dove in and and did the education part for about a year, the first year. And when you say education, what kind of education were you getting? What were the, I guess, what were some of the best resources that helped you build up your education? I signed up for a guy's uh, class. It was Michael Blanc. And it was very in-depth. And I'd never paid that much. Well, I have paid that much to learn things throughout the years. But I'd never paid that much money to learn about something that I wasn't already doing. And so I really, you know, took it seriously and dove in head first. And uh, 
And then I went to some, I went to two of his conferences and started networking with people pretty much right out the gate. And uh, yeah, it was over, it was just over a year before we did our first deal. And so can you share a little bit after you build up your, you know, after you invested in yourself to get educated and, you know, build out a stronger foundation for yourself, how did you get into your first deal? And then what role did you play in that? Were you raising capital? Were you doing the um, asset management side of things? Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, we hopped right into raising the capital. I uh, It was somebody that I'd met at one of the conferences and they had, uh, you meet a lot of really great people at these things. I mean, these are pretty stand-up people that attend these conferences and, I mean, very motivated people as well. So when I met this particular group, these two people that were uh, partners, and they came to me and asked me if I'd want to raise money for some of their deals. And I said, absolutely. So with the raising the money part, I mean, to stay compliant with everything, I mean, you know, I would make sure I went to all the properties and, you know, one of them's in Georgia and I'm here at South Carolina. The other one's here in South Carolina, but it's still a couple hours away. And just, I dove in head first on those properties and just made sure I knew everything there was to know about them. Did anything about prior to this, did you ever raise capital before or was this going to be the first time? No, this was absolutely the first time I'd ever asked anybody ever for money. So when you agreed to raise capital for these other groups, I guess, how did you know that you were able to do it if this was the first time that you were going to be doing it? And did you have any like hesitations? No, I didn't at first because I really thought that I could go out and really knock it down. And that was not the case at all. You know, I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I'm a member of a country club here and I mean, you know, we have friends with money and parents with money and aunts and uncles with money. And so I was like, man, this is going to be easy. We're going to knock this out. Well, everybody knew Charlie, the contractor. They did not know Charlie, the capital raising, uh, $9 million property buying, you know, investment firm. They had no idea. And so that really made a lot of people weary. And I'll be honest with you, out of, I figured I could go raise probably $500,000 really pretty easy. And the first deal, I actually raised like just under like $200,000. And I was just blown away. It blew me away that I was not able to go out and raise that amount of money. But it has gone up substantially since that first deal. And uh, yeah, we're able to raise quite a bit of money now. So how did that conversation go with your first couple of investors and, you know, and building up their confidence around you as a real estate investor into these $9 million property apartments that you were planning to purchase? Right. So with several of the people that I had first talked to, I was just so excited about it and just the returns that we could get. I had lost quite a bit of money in the stock market prior to all of this. That's what Another reason that pushed me into the commercial real estate um, investment, but um, I was so excited about it, and I was just talking to everybody, and you know they get excited about it, and then I would, you know, I did something that we almost never do really anymore. Is I mean, I'd break out our entire spreadsheet and be like, "Look at this! Here's twelve pages of an Excel spreadsheet." 
Wait, was this no. like during an event, a family gathering, or did you like have a set up meetings with them to particularly go over these investment opportunities? Or did you yeah. just have conversations to be like, hey, here's my spreadsheet. You want to take a look? Yeah. No, I spent a fortune in lunches and dinners, just one-on-ones too. There was no, you know, getting a crowd together in a room or anything. Yeah, spent a fortune in lunches and dinners and I'm bringing my laptop with me the whole time, showing them everything. And uh, yeah, you know, not very many people enjoy looking at like a 12 page spreadsheet on how we underwrote the properties. Really? I'd be, I'd be surprised, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> so then how did those conversations like come about? And then, you know, how did you end up being able to raise the first 200000 well, I think the one of my investors was a guy from my church, and I think he just felt sorry for me, and he had a lot of money. So he was like, I'll give this guy, I'll give him 100 grand. He, he'll be all right. But, you know, it was just, uh, it was just all friends and family. I mean, I haven't put, you know, at that time, I wasn't even on social media. I think I had a Facebook page that I never went to. But now it's so much, it's so easy to reach a lot of people right now. And that really helps us out now. It didn't help me out at all back then. It was just a lot of dialing for dollars, I guess. And so since then, how has your reach to other investors, how did your conversations go since then? And how have you been able to build out your current investor base? Well, I mean, now we have, we use Active Campaign for our CRM. We use LinkedIn, Facebook. Instagram and Reddit. And those are the ones that we post on. And uh, I mean, I have a virtual assistant that helps out with that. She'll create a lot of the, the content that goes on to those social media sites. And then she keeps them all in a folder on Canva and I go in and I'll edit it or what, you know, edit the wording or something like that to really make it sound more like my, my words. And then I throw them in an approved folder and she posts them and she does, I mean, she scrapes LinkedIn and Facebook for contacts with, I think it's something like Meet Alfred or something. She's got so many tricks that I don't know. That's why she's here. That's why we pay her. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And so for you, how important has it been to building out your active campaign and your um, CRM, which is your customer relationship management tool? Uh, It's been crucial. You know, we have, you know, we have so many emails that go out. I try not to flood people with emails, but we'll send one out a month, maybe two, unless we have a deal going on. And then they're going to get, they're going to get some emails in their inbox. 
But yeah, all the automations that she sets up. I mean, I was looking at it earlier. I mean, I know when somebody opens an email, if they click on something, I mean, it's crucial to what we do to find out who is interested and really who's not. Because I mean, we could, you know, if they didn't open the email or click on something, then, you know, we don't send them another email on that deal. And so what kind of content are you sharing with your investors to keep top of mind and to keep them um, informed about what you're doing in this space? Yeah, we have newsletters that kind of, you know, they'll talk about how some of our other properties have done and how what's going on there, what kind of construction we're doing. Also, any kind of information on, I mean, this is a good one on how our returns are beating the pants off of the market. You know, I mean, it's just, and even if it's kind of neck and neck with it at times, it's still so much less volatile and investors like they love to talk about that. And for you, you mentioned that you hired a virtual assistant to help you with building up this side of the business. How were you able to find your virtual assistant as you were interviewing and trying to figure out who can help you with what? How did you choose your virtual assistant? I actually got her off of a company called Rocket Station. And they put together everything. I mean, yeah, I had about an hour-long phone call with them, 45 minutes, an hour-long phone call with them. And they were basically interviewing me to see what a virtual assistant could help us out with here at Cordell Capital. And I mean, I had a few ideas, but they were really pulling stuff out that I, I hadn't even thought about. And so they have all the qualified virtual assistants there. It, most of them are in the Philippines, out of the Philippines and rocket stations out of Texas. But they have all these virtual assistants that then you go and interview. And I interviewed about six or seven of them. And yeah, I found a rock star. She's great. She's been with me almost two years. It'll be two years in February. And can you share a little bit about the strategies of onboarding her to making sure that you know she's following the processes that you've set up and how did you get her accustomed to how you'd like to run the business? Right. You know, I was so not into social media at the time that I kind of gave her ownership of that. And then I was just kind of testing the waters on that to see how she would do. And she was really good at it. So I was like, here, take this. I'll just approve whatever you put out there. But yeah, take this. This is good. And um, then cleaning up email. I mean, just staying on top of the emails, or that's a big job. So she flags things that I need to look at. She moves stuff into different folders in the email, keeps it all organized and all that good stuff. Got it. And so, you know, now you have your investor base ready. You have your systems in place and building out, you know, your capital raising side of things. How do you partner with other sponsors in the area and how do you choose them to make sure that they're bringing you a good deal so that you're presenting it a good deal to your investors? Yeah, we tried all the sponsors that I have teamed up with or partnered with are people that I have known for a little while and they are all pretty good at what they do. They got to have a pretty good track record behind them. That I'll be honest with you, the track record behind them is the most important thing because that, you know, you look back and you can kind of see a little bit into the future and 
you know, when somebody sends me a uh, their underwriting on a deal, I mean, I'm pretty good at picking it apart and going through it with a fine tooth comb and trying to kill the deal. And if I can kill it, then we don't do it. So that makes sense. So I'd love to go back also back when you first started talking to investors, you mentioned you brought out your laptop, you showed them your 12 page Excel spreadsheet. How has your conversations with your investors today changed? Now we really talk about their goals. I mean, really, when I first did this and I sat down with somebody, I don't think I let them have a word in. I was just like, here, I was a contractor at the time. I wasn't used to listening. You know, God gave us the two ears and one mouth thing for a reason. (laughs) So I didn't, I was really just used to getting in and telling, you know, I'm used to being the boss. I'm used to telling everybody what to do. And I'm basically sitting here telling all these investors what they need to do instead of listening to them and finding out what their goals are and what, you know, what they're interested in. You know, I mean, if we have a self-storage place or mobile home park or a multifamily unit, they might not be interested in one of those asset classes, you know? So either we need to educate them on that asset class or pick a different investment for them. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because we have the two ears and the one mouth. And so we're listening to really what their the investors' needs are and basically seeing if we can help them with their goals in the end. Exactly. It really is all about listening to them and their goals and what they're trying to achieve and if we can do that or not. And several times I've had to say, hey, man, we don't have anything right now for you. What we do have just isn't going to fit. So that's important. And they really respected that. And so, Charlie, for you, what's next for you? I mean, we're, you know, we're raising capital right now for a fund. And Eileen, I'll be honest with you. I mean, we're just going to keep trucking along. I mean, we got some good sponsors and we're in a mastermind called Raise Masters. And there is so many sharp people in this thing. It's a, there's a good bit of deals out there. There's a lot of money out there that needs to find a home. And uh, hopefully we can provide that money a home. How has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Oh, It's really given us the, I mean, I work at this every day. I mean, like at least eight hours a day, I'm still at work. So it's not like I'm sitting on the beach, drinking my ties, counting my money here, but it does give me the freedom though, that I can do this from anywhere. I mean, I, you know, I can go anywhere and do it. You know, we've traveled a lot since starting this. It's just, I don't know. It's like a freedom mindset, really that I didn't have before, even though I still work a lot, it still is a freedom mindset that I have. And how are you able to get to that freedom mindset? Like what was the best resource for you that has helped to open up your mindset? I think listening to podcasts, webinars, you know, even reading books, the one thing, or, you know, who, not how that we got from Hunter Thompson. I mean, there, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, reading a lot of books over the past few years. And I didn't read before. I was a contractor. I didn't have to. We read blueprints. <laughs> and what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Don't buy a single family home. 
I mean, you can even start small if you need to in the multifamily game. You know, go buy a 16 unit or a 24 unit or something, but just don't buy a single family home. It's just a bad idea all around. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? You know what? I think it's mindset. It's mindset and work ethic, really. It really is. And Charlie, do you have any tools or techniques that you've used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life? My virtual assistant, she is not a tool or a technique. She is a human being who is <laughs> awesome. But yeah, that's one That's one thing I would definitely recommend is get a virtual assistant. Even if you don't know what you're going to use them for, guess what? They'll find a lot of stuff real quick. And the CRM as well. That's a game changer. What would be the biggest contributing aspect of building up your building up your business and scaling? I mean, just to help as many people out as possible with their investments. People have lost money in crypto. People have made a lot of money in crypto. They've made a lot of money in the market as well. So I'm not saying that you don't need to be diversified because I'm diversified. You really should be diversified. But this is a great area for us to help people out and really get good, solid returns that are, they're there. It's not concrete, but it's closest thing I can find to it. Awesome. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing all of that. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Eileen. I appreciate you having me. It's been great. So Charlie, if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, where's the best place that they can go? Cordell Capital or on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Charlie. Thank you, Eileen. Appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.